0: We're not a modern church. Man, we're watching, we're yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> This is our weekly Bible study um, for uh, I think the sixth of August, uh, two thousand six, and uh, I was just telling everyone that there's a couple different shows on right now that have just started on TV that are promoting these fallen angelic uh, offspring. Right on TV. And it's, it's open, it's, there's, there's not, there's nothing that, this is not my conjecture, this is not my opinion, it's right up online, it's right on ABC Family. ABC Family is the one that's doing this. Family. And um they're, uh, these shows are unbelievable. They're targeting the kids and the teenagers primarily because that's the generation they really want to get. They really want to corrupt the, the, Satan's always trying to corrupt the, the children. And you can go up online and watch just even the very, very first part of these shows and see that, that um, you're dealing with, in the first show, called Fallen, a boy that is from a fallen, um, He he's the offspring of a human and a fallen angel. So that's, in the, in the Bible, that's what the Bible refers to in Genesis chapter, uh, was it 5? As, or six, as the Nephilim. Nephilim was when the the Bible says that, and you're going to hear that on this clip, that when the uh, sons of God saw the daughters of men, saw that they were fair, and they came down to take them as wives. And from this offspring, the Bible says in Genesis six that they were born of them, mighty men of old, men of renown. Now, um, the Bible also translates that as if you look in if you look in like a Strong's concordance, the word that they use there. There were giants in the land. That word is translated Nephilim. Nephilim is these fallen angelic human hybrid offspring. Okay, And this is a big reason why God ended up destroying the world with the flood of Noah. In fact, it even says that. On, in fact, you're going to hear some truth on this clip that we're going to hear. But I'm going to stop the clip whenever there's a lie. Because rat poison is 98% good food and 2% poison. So it does a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Okay, and that's what we have to be on guard against. Because actually most of what they say on the on this clip is biblically correct, which is what's so crazy about it. But you're going to hear, I'm going to go ahead and uh we're going to we're going to go ahead and walk over here and uh um, if you guys want to come over. Okay, now I'm looking right now at at my computer and I'm on a, uh the Promo for this is the um, show Fallen. Okay. Now this show here, you can see there's some kind of some semblance of like almost wings behind this kid. Now this is this kid right here is the is the byproduct of this Fallen angelic hybrid uh, offspring. Uh, I I forget. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure how he was um, discovered. Whether he turned up in the woods or whatever. What they're trying to do is prepare us for this, because the Bible says, "So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man." Well, what was it like in the days of Noah? Well, we know from Genesis chapter six, prior to the flood, that there were giants in the land, and these were these were fallen angelic human offspring. Now, does that mean that they that if if these Things are walking around in our society. The Bible says it was going to be that way. It says, so as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days... So we we should expect this. Does it mean that they've got to be 20-foot giants walking around? No. They've had thousands of years to hone their skills um, through genetic manipulation and modification. And I think this has a lot to do with why we see these alien abductions always jammed down our throat on the media. It's not the Christians that are jamming the the, uh, alien abductions down the throat. It's, It's the big brother media. Well, who controls them? Satan? Hollywood? So, what are they trying to tell us here? They're trying to prepare us for something? Let's just watch this. Very first part of this. Now, this is the... This program is brought to you with limited interruption by ABC Family. God created man, a jealous Lucifer mounted a great rebellion in heaven. His army of angels was defeated and forever banished from the paradise. These angels, the fallen, abandoned Lucifer, choosing to live... Okay, now, that's... Here we go with the first lie. I don't know if, if... Did you hear that? What they said? Angel fell from heaven? Okay, now, everything he said up to that point was pretty much correct, but then we got to... He said these angels chose to abandon Lucifer. Now, that never, ever happened... Give me a break. Like, Lucifer went his way and these fallen angels went... No, 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 no. He's the prince in the power of the Who is he prince over? He is prince over these other fallen angelic entities and demonic entities which most likely are the uh, disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. Okay? Because those spirits had to go somewhere too. And we could go out down on a big rabbit trail on that one. But So that was the first lie. And that's not a big one. Okay, but, but it is a lie, okay, as far as it doesn't, it doesn't, that lie doesn't so much, what, what I think that lie is inserted in there for is that they're trying to separate themselves from Lucifer, these fallen angels, they're trying to say these fallen angels and Lucifer are separate, so it leaves doubt as to whether the fallen angels are really bad, okay, I, I don't know, I think that's one of the theories. Okay, now we're going to continue now. of humans. They took mortal wives and fathered abominations. Children called nephilim. By the power of angels, but the souls of men. Angry, the creator flooded the earth, killing the nephilim and driving the fallen into hiding. He sent the powers, fierce warrior angels, to hunt those that survived the flood. But there was hope. Okay, now I don't know where he's getting that from a biblical standpoint. He said he fit, sent fierce warrior angels. Okay, now, I I don't see any biblical precedence for that. Um, God killed them all with the flood. And, yes, to a certain extent, I'm sure the good angels battle these bad angels, but they're acting as though that he sent angels to destroy them. Now, what it does say, in um, Jude, it says that these angels that left their first estate, meaning they were the part of the one-third that fell with Lucifer, he is chained in everlasting darkness. Now that word translated in the Bible is the only time it occurs and that's called Tartarus. That is the word where it says these particular types of fallen angels that left their first estate were chained and it's, it's a special part of hell is what it is. It's not just regular hell. It's a special compartment of hell. It's called Tartarus. It only occurs one time in the Bible that that's said. So these fallen angels are actually chained there in everlasting darkness. Um, but I, had, I see no biblical precedence for, for God sending angels to destroy these other and That'd be great if that was the case. Okay, Since two-thirds are good angels and we know one-third fell, and I don't know if any more fell after that. That's, that's Only God knows that, I think, for sure. But I think they would have a distinct advantage if they were allowed and permitted to actually sl- slay these angels. But I just don't see any biblical precedence for that. Not only that, as it, wicked and evil as things are getting right now, Again, I don't see biblical precedence for it. If they were all being slayed and chained, then we wouldn't have all the sin problem in, in the world, or at least it would be a lot less. So let's go a little further. But there was hope for the fallen in a prophecy. A Nephilim would be born who would redeem them and return them to paradise. So the fallen watched and waited. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That is where the big, big, big amount of leaven comes in. That last statement that was made. He says, but there was a prophecy that a Nephilim would be born and he would redeem all the fallen, the fallen angels. So see, then they then they say, so the fallen watch and wait. Now the Bible does refer to um, fallen angels as watchers also um, in, in the Old Testament. Now, so we've got the big, big, gigantic lie is the fact that they're saying now a nephilim is going to be born that's going to redeem all the fallen angels. Probably, most likely, what this nephilim is 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 the antichrist. Because, and um, in this show, I watched I watched this episode, and it basically portrayed these good angels that were fighting the fallen as the most demonic things you could imagine. Their wings, they, they just, everything about them was demonic. Their their, their, uh, their actions, their demeanor, they were evil. Yet they were portraying the good angels as bad. And the Bible says one of them that called evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitterness. So that's what they're doing here. They're portraying these good angels with this agenda like they've got to go and they've got to kill all of these Nephilim. I wish that were the case. I wish they could do it because they would be ridding the planet of what the Bible says is going to happen, okay? But unfortunately, I don't see any biblical precedents for that. Um, not to say through our prayers we can't enlist the help of angels, but the Bible says there's a lot of stipulations there too. Because if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So how do we how do we get angelic help? Well, make sure you got the least amount of sin in your life. And um, another thing is, is that if you're not aware of any of this stuff, you won't even know to pray about it. You won't even, and that's what Satan wants. He wants people to just think this is all some stupid fantasy. But yet they're making so much effort to cram this down our throat. This is just two shows. Who knows what else they're doing? I just happen to find this. So, this is the lie that's being shoved down the throat that the actual fallen angels, the way it's portrayed in this show, are the good guys. They're the ones like, you know, hey, look, you know, we fell, we made a mistake. But you know we're we're, we're we're good angels deep down we're, we're and we're trying to fight all these these wicked th- these these wicked good angels are just trying to kill us and, and we're just trying to survive man so this kid's born, this Nephilim offspring, and he has all these supernatural powers you know super smart uh, all these athletic abilities um, um, and on his eighteenth birthday he re- starts to realize who he is because he doesn't really realize this and um, these fallen angels are trying to help him fulfill his destiny in the show. Is what it is. And at the end of the show, they end up fighting the good angels and killing three of the good angels. And I mean, when when they kill them, they use these flaming swords and they turn into skeletons. I mean, it's just something totally demonic. And they supposedly they turn into ashes and skeletons. And and, and um, you can't tell the difference between the good or the bad angels. Really, they both look evil. But but the but the fallen angels are portrayed as the good guys. The nephilim, which is the boy is portrayed as a great kid, just wonderful, doesn't really want this destiny, but it's thrust upon him, so what can we do? Okay? So, this is this is the first show. Um, now, this is on the same website. We're going to go to another one. Kyle XY. Now this is brand new also. Now just listen to the this is like the scenes for, for last week and for for this week. This program is brought to you with limited interruption by Sour Patch Kids. Previously, on Kyle X Y. What are you doing? I'm keeping a list. What makes Kyle an alien? He's this super bright, with amnesia. He barely knows what you're saying sometimes, but does calculus like it's two plus two. I'm telling you, Kyle is not human. So Kyle he says, What makes Kyle what makes Kyle an alien? Now this is Kyle XY, this is the new show. And what, what makes him a uh alien? And uh he's superhuman, he's not from this world, they're all saying this right right in the intro. The kid doesn't have a belly button. That's if you go up onto the website, you'll see he doesn't have a belly button. Well if you were if you were like an alien, would you have a belly button? Hmm? Is she a real alien? I don't know, Taylor. I don't know. But the thing is is that's the difference. They're trying to condition us to accept this stuff. This kid was supposedly found in the woods somewhere. These people took him in, goes to school, he can do calculus problems at a, at, he he can read pages at a glance. They're basically saying he's an alien in in a, in a in a fault. Now, all this stuff we've heard about all these years about people getting abducted turning up pregnant and then all of a sudden about the 7th or 8th month the baby just is gone one night. It's just gone out of the womb. What is that all about? Well, could this be some of the fruits of all that? The Bible says so as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. It's got to happen then. This this, this um, fallen, angelic, demonic race is being raised up right now and this is conditioning for us so that we'll accept it. The belly button thing is, I, I, I believe, um, because of this, whatever they've been doing with this breeding program, um, it's hard to say, but that's a reoccurring theme I see, that these that these entities don't have belly buttons. Well, why would they be doing this? Well, because they're, they're trying to get everybody to accept this. I don't know if there's anything more noteworthy right now. I should apologize. I screw up all the time. Maybe it's your turn. suspects. No, no, I think I that's about all that we really know. He, he, this kid is portrayed as a good kid, just like the fallen, the other one. He's a good kid. And um, you know, he doesn't really want this either. He doesn't want this thrust upon him. He just wants to try to live some type of normal life. He's very, very strange though. So is the other kid on the other. They're, they're different. Okay. Very introspective. They're different. And they have a hard time blending in. But that's what this is all about to get us to accept this. Okay? It's coming. I mean, the Bible says it was going to happen. And but yet this is never preached about ever. And I'll be I'll probably be labeled as some kind of fruitcake for even talking about this. But you know something? The Bible says it was going to happen. How do you explain this? The Bible says in Daniel that they will mingle themselves with the seed of men. What does that mean? when it's talking about the Ten Toes, and then it gets into clay and um, iron at the very, very end. Well, this is the time that we're living in, the time of the Ten Toes, when the Antichrist arrives and the Ten Nations arrive. So what's that about? Well,
1: so as it was in the days of
0: Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We can go sit down if you want. Um, Kyle XY is, um, if you go up on their website, you will see that they've got I told you to to push that up, to push the vents up. No, you didn't. Well, getting uh, r- relating to what we had just said, um, this this Kyle X Y that we've I just had on there. What that is is the reason he's called Kyle X Y because that's a weird name, isn't it? XY. XY chromosome. You go up on the website, and he's got a game that you can play. It shows his belly, no belly button, and, and you enter into the site, and there's all these genetic games you can play. And in its essence, it's like you're the mad scientist creating some kind of stinking hybrid off-breed or whatever. That's what this kid is. And and they're saying, who is Kyle XY? That's the big question. Now, I'm not going to stay up on, on his stupid site in, 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 in... I know what it is, but I... I I would rather they just come right out and say it. What they're trying to do is veil this in a big thing of mystery about who is this. Even though they're basically telling you right up front the kid's, the kid's an alien. Or some type of, of uh, alien shapeshift, and off-breed, I don't know. Whether he's half human, half fallen angel like the other kid. That is not 100% clear at this point. But, yeah, they've got a chromosomal game you can go up there. And you can, like do like, it's like, almost like gene swapping and all kind of, you're basically playing God, which is what is going on right now. Which is what was going on in Noah's day. They were playing God. They were trying to create their own race. What's what's the purpose of Satan trying to do all this? Well, God said to the serpent, he said, you know, uh, in Genesis, talking about like, uh, that, that My seed will bruise your head. I'm trying to remember the exact quote here. I'll find it real quick in Genesis. Because this is the reason they've wanted to... um, Okay. And I will put... Okay, this is... And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Now this is in Genesis. Okay, after he had tempted Eve and after they had eaten, you know of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all of the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, okay, between thee, the serpent, and the woman, okay, her, ultimately we're all born of a woman, okay, so, between thy seed and her seed, her seed, because we're all born of a woman, And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So, our seed is going to bruise his head. He wanted to corrupt the seed, and that was ultimately done through Jesus Christ. But he wanted to ultimately corrupt the seed, like in Noah's day, because he figured, Saint remembers this, what was told to him. So what he did is he tried to just totally corrupt the whole human race. When it says that Noah was perfect in his ways and upright before God, it doesn't mean he was a person that walked in sinless perfection. Okay? I mean, he got drunk once. Okay? It wasn't meaning that he was walking in sinless perfection. What most likely that was in reference to was the fact that his seed hadn't been corrupted. His seed didn't have this genetic manipulation like all the other planets. Why did he have to wipe out the whole part of the planet? People say, well, he had to wipe out man, woman, and children. The seed was corrupted in Noah's day so corrupted that God had to send a flood to kill everybody. Now, so as it was in the days of Noah, so shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man? Does that mean there's going to be like eight people getting saved today? No, it doesn't mean that. There's a the body of Christ that exists today. It's a remnant, it's not a lot. But he's not going to wipe them out. But in Noah's day it had gotten so bad that he had to wipe out the whole planet. Because of this very thing we're seeing on Kyle XY and Fallen that we're being prepared for. And the Bible said it was going to be exactly like it was then as it is now. It said it. Okay, so... Satan remembers this. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Enmity. Well, if if you're at enmity, you're at war with something. So that's why as a Christian, we're at war with Satan. Um... And this prediction, Satan remembers this. And that's why today he's trying to do the exact same thing he did back then as he is now, which is corrupt the sea. I believe he has a lot more technology now in order to do this. I also believe that the body of Christ, the remnant, is standing between that. There's more than eight people on earth that are saved, in other words. Okay? So, this is is why, I I guess I'm bringing this out, because a lot of people would say, oh, well, this is just not biblical. You're you're getting into some kind of fringe, alien... No, I'm not. We have to... The Bible says to be prepared to show an answer for the hope that is within us. To study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. Lest we be lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Well, is this one of Satan's devices? I think so, okay? I think that's. I think this is one of Satan's most masterful devices. And, one of Satan's most incredibly dangerous devices. Because before it was so dangerous, God had to wipe out the whole planet. You think that's maybe noteworthy? And nobody's paying attention to it today. Oh no, go to Smiley Joe Olstein's church in California, where he packs the stadium out every week with his apostate, puke, lukewarm message, basically of God is love, he would never judge. I heard an interview up with him the other day, it was just unbelievable. He was just asked he was asked pointedly by I believe it was Larry King or somebody that, you know, this and this, and he basically he just denied. By his very words that came out of his mouth, he he just denied Jesus Christ. He basically said that's their reality and they're basically going to heaven, but this is what I believe And I'm going to heaven because I believe this. And it was like, uh, the the interview was up there. I I heard it for myself. It was just unbelievable. Spineless, spineless preachers for filthy lucre. Why? Because they're hirelings. And the Bible says, Jesus said in that parable that the hireling has no real, real love for the flock. He does not love them enough to tell them the truth. He will not become their enemy because he's going to tell them a lie. He's going to tell them what they want to hear. Bible says in Galatians 4.16, it says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, with most people, you will become their enemy if you tell them the truth. And that's why they got these million-dollar, multi-million-dollar edifices and these million-dollar ministries and all these other things because they're speaking lies, they're prophesying deceits, they're taking away the Holy One of Israel, as the Bible talks about, and they're basically putting forth a false gospel, a lukewarm gospel. They're straining at gnats and they're swallowing camels. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're, they're as Satan who can appear as a minister of righteousness. And it's no marvel that, 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 is, that his, Satan can appear as an angel of light. And, and, and um, the Bible says that clearly. And then it says it's no wonder that his minister, ministers be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Well, that's what we're we're dealing with. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13 So we've got all these things being fulfilled, yet it's virtually, totally not talked about in the churches. This stuff. Well, we, 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 we don't want to mess with this. It's secular. And, and it, shh, lest we be ignorant of his devices. So, I don't sit up on the internet and watch secular shows all day long, but when something like this comes along, I want to... I to me, this makes the Bible come alive. I don't get discouraged by this stuff because the Bible said it was going to happen. It also gives me a greater indicator of how to direct my prayers. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I shall hear from heaven... And I will heal their land. Well, that's the solution. But you have to humble yourself. You have to turn from your wicked ways. You have to seek his face. That's not happening in the churches. Okay, That's how we get our land healed. That's how we would get America healed, if that were to happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't think so, because of what the Bible says. It's not that I don't have faith that it couldn't happen. Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. It also says in um, Isaiah 64, no, no, not Isaiah 64, uh, Jeremiah 33.3, it says, Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Okay, and I have enough faith to believe that. But, the thing is, is biblically speaking, it says that there's going to be a falling away in 2 Thessalonians 2.3, so I know that that's going to happen, the falling away of the church, the apostasy that's going to happen. The Laodicean church here of Revelation chapter 3, which which are neither hot nor cold. Luke, they're blind, they're wretched, they're naked, they can't see, yet they're in think they yet they think they're in need of nothing. So see, from those verses, I know that it's not going to happen. Okay? But there's still going to be a remnant which which I believe it can happen on. But the Bible says that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. So see, we're living in that time where if it were possible. Even the very elect, even the very remnant of, of the body of Christ here, they could be deceived. I believe most of the remnant is deceived right now. I really do. I don't think most of the remnant get into this stuff. We want to give Satan any glory. We, we don't want to even talk about him. Well, that's great. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, it says you battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness and high place. So that's where a battle is, but let's not ever talk about it. Let's not, ever, let's not put on the full armor of God. The Bible says put on the full armor of God that ye may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Having your, ther, your loins therefore girt about with truth. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Putting on the helmet of salvation. Taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And with all prayer and supplication, you know, these are, these are our implements of battle. Bible also says to put on the mind of Christ. Now I'm just bringing up some things that are never talked about in the church. It's just put on the mind of Christ. We need it all. We're in a war. We're in a battle. And yet, the church is acting as though, oh, we don't want to talk about any of this. This isn't... I'll tell you what, I need all the help I can get. We need all the help that we can get. And these are things the Bible says to do. And I just think that we're we're being, uh, in the churches today, we're being sold a bill of goods. And then you've got a lot of some sects of the church that know about this stuff, but they've got so much stinking sin in their life that how can, how can any of this have any real effect? I know because I came out of that hyper charismania stuff. A lot of charismatics know about you know, putting on the full armor of God and things of this nature, but yet they're playing in a Christian rock band at night, or doing this, or doing that, or or, or, or got all the sin in their life and they don't see it as sin. So. Bible says, "If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me." So, anyway, um. there's. Um, I don't. I don't let it discourage me, and I don't want anybody to listen to this discouraging because this is just confirmation of Scripture. Feel, I, I mean, honestly, feel as though. Thank God that you're being told this information, because most Christians aren't. And if you don't know about it, how do you know to pray against it? And if we're not praying against it, well, how, how is God just going to... Yes, eventually in the very end, yes, He's going he's to make sure that, that, that all things are put under His feet. But in the meantime, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Bible also says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So have faith. God can deal with these things. Okay? It's why one of the reasons i pray psalm 64 which we're, we're, we're asking for angelic we're asking for god's protection we're asking we're asking him to hide us from the secret counsel of the wicked from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity is that wrong to ask for that i don't think so I really don't is it is it wrong to ask for the fear of God to fall upon this earth so that many would be saved i don't think so well we we were just talking a little bit about um how this so proves the Bible. And and how, to me, this is just... I mean, to me, this is exciting. I don't, I don't view that. But see, to somebody that's never been exposed to this information, it's going to be like, for them, for the lukewarm Christian, it's going to be like getting up, hit upside the head with a snow shovel. Because my pastor never said any of this, and he's a man of God. I know he is. He, and if he doesn't know about it, then... What hope is there for me? Oh, please. Give. Get a life. (laughs) If what your pastor's saying doesn't line up with the Word of God, and most likely it's not, then get out of that church. Period. It's not a church anyway, as far as I can see. Somebody's just going to have to show me. Now, the Bible does say where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Okay. That's what we're doing here this day. But, when you incorporate your church and do something that's unbiblical and put the internal revenue service over your church well and then in order to secure your 501c3 status they tell you what you can and cannot say there's a problem there because most of what they're telling you that you can and cannot say contradicts the bible as hate speech well, if you can't preach the full counsel of God, why would you want to be under that covering? Well, everybody else did it. My cemetery I mean, my seminary told me to do it. And my mentor, this pastor, did it, and it was good enough for him. Cursed be the man thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah seventeen five, thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Don't trust in man. Don't trust in me. Don't trust... I'm telling you, if anything I say contradicts the Bible, then show me and pray for me that God will show me. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm saying that if I could take God's side against myself, that I would. It isn't in as much as possible, I take God's side against me. Me, me, me. Okay? Because I know within the flesh there dwelleth no good thing. Paul said, Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul said that. Now, who am I to compare myself to Paul? Paul said that. Well, I tell you what, I kind of get a I take a little bit of comfort in that verse. I really do. You know, because you know, Paul um, didn't have to straighten up his halo before he said that. He realized from whence the pit, from whence he was dug. You know, so anyway. That that's kind of just a little synopsis there, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit further now. Um, I got uh, uh, David Myers' newsletter for this month, and again, just unbelievable information, all biblically confirming the times that we're living in. Um, this this newsletter is entitled uh, "America: The Land of the Lies and Strong Delusion." Uh, first verse, the first Bible verse he quotes is from Genesis three. Um, which is where we just about where we just came from. And the serpent said unto the woman, now this is this is why the serpent was judged in the verses that we just read before. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. So he's he's beguiling her by, by basically questioning the word of God. That's what he was. He was and that's what all that's what all this junk we're being exposed to constantly, constantly, constantly does. It constantly questions the word of God. Okay? He said, Ye shall not surely die, for God know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods. Well, isn't that the lie that's being shoved down our throat now? You're gonna be as gods. The New Age movement, that's what they say. You're gonna be as gods. You're gonna be as a god on this earth. You know, people just wanna be a god. I don't. I don't I don't want to be God. Number one, I would mess things up way too bad if it were up to me. I would not have the patience and the long-suffering, number one, to endure what God has to endure every single day. I wouldn't. I would have wiped everything out. There'd be nobody left, probably. So God is long-suffering and ever-merciful and, you know, His ways are not our ways. Okay? Really, thank God. But you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was for was good for food and that was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband and he did eat. Now he was really without excuse. Okay, but um, so she did it, it was pleasant to the eyes would make one wise it was good for food there was all she just looked at the positive she didn't look at the warning God had given that superseded all of that. Matthew 6.24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay? And that's what what the, the preachers in today's day and age can't do, no matter how hard they try. They cannot serve God and mammon. They cannot serve God and filthy lucre. But see, they're set up to fail. In the, in the system of the church today... You're just totally set up to fail. You just... I don't care if you go in there with the purest heart in the world. You are going to be corrupted. For, for for many, many, many reasons, if you're participating in the modern day church movement in America, you're going to be corrupted. You have to be. I mean, unless you finally get to a point where God wakes you up to this thing and you come out of it. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 through 12 says, For the mystery of iniquity d- doth already work. This is the mystery of iniquity, of sin, that's working in the world right now. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. He who now letteth will let. The Holy Spirit is letting this to a certain extent take place, okay? Until he be taken out of the way. Now, many refer to that as um, possibly the rapture of the church. I don't, 100% can't really be super dogmatic because it's not like this verse totally spells everything out. The Bible says, remember, we see through a glass, but darkly. Okay, so I'm not 100% on that one. But it says, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Well, this is when the Antichrist is revealed. Okay, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Well, we know that that's what the Antichrist is going to do. Okay, Him and the false prophet. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that's why it's so important to, to, to make sure that you're embracing truth and not a lot, and that you love the truth. The Bible says to seek for knowledge and understanding and wisdom and truth, as it were, as it were a treasure, as it were, as it were something that you were desiring almost more than anything. Truth, and it's and truth is just not. For God so loved the world that He came to give His only begotten, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish and have a yes. That is the main truth. But I've had people come to me and say, "That's the only truth." No, it's not the only. The Bible's a lot of pages. It's just. Yes. Does it all point to that? Yes. But as I've said before, if somebody put a poison glass of orange juice in front of you and you you drank it and you died and you didn't know that was poison, weren't you just destroyed for lack of knowledge? Weren't you just destroyed because, for lack of truth? Because if you would have known the truth, you would have never drank the orange juice. So there's different ways we can, i mean i'm i'm the, like the bible says come let us reason together say it the lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as wool well that's all we're doing here okay we're just being reasonable when we say this so but but they they did not they received not the love of the truth it's not even that they didn't receive the truth they didn't receive the love of the truth we need to love the truth no matter how hard or no matter how bad it hurts to hear the truth why says, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Now we're getting into the fact where well, you tie truth and salvation together. How important it is. Well, do you think you're just going to believe a lie? Well, yeah, Jesus is just like the big guy in the sky. He's going to accept me any way I want. And I'm just going to live like the devil. I will come to Him on my own terms at a Christian rock concert and get saved. Maybe, when I want to do it, no. It doesn't work that way. Unless the Spirit draweth the man, he can't get saved. And you just get saved whatever you want to get saved. There's been many a person on his deathbed that that, that, that was tried to led by the Lord through a minister, and, and the guy's like, I can't do it. Or the woman, I can't do it. I've had the Gospel presented to me, I rejected it 20 years ago, and now I can't get saved. I, I, and, and they're powerless to do anything about it. Unless the Spirit draweth the man. That's why it's so important. So, and for this cause for what cause? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lot. Could it be what we were just seeing here today might be part of that strong delusion? It's been building for many, 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 many years. It's going to get worse. This is a kiddie, kiddie ride What's compared to what's coming. I get fired up about it though. I believe in the end times, God is going to use the remnant in a mighty way He's not going to just let the remnant get just destroyed by these things. He's not did he did he protect Noah and his family from these things? I mean, if you gotta figure it this way, I just thought of this. There are eight people on the world that are considered of a pure at least bloodline. Of course, we know that obviously Ham had his problems, and probably Ham's wife, okay? Eight people got saved. They were outnumbered eight to like how many million of these corrupted beings walking the planet. Don't you think they were a little outnumbered? God protected them then. You're telling me He's not going to protect them now? The Bible says that that, 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 that um, He delivered just Lot. I can't see how God could call Lot just. But, again, I kind of take a little bit of comfort in that. You know, I mean, He called Lot just. Lot, here, here's my two daughters. go. You know, I want to protect these, these these angels. They're good angels as though they couldn't protect themselves and they showed that to be the case. But here, take my two virgin daughters and have your way with them. Whoa, dude! That doesn't compute to me! Uh-uh. I, I can't... No, kill me because you're going to have to go through me to take my daughter. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> can't relate to that. Then, he goes and he has... Of course, he was drunk and they got him drunk. He has sex with his two daughters in the mountain. From that sexual union comes, I believe, the Amorites and one of the other most wicked races that have ever spawned on earth and who gave um, the Jews fits spawned from him having sex with his daughters. I can't even... It's so disgusting. You can't even relate to this. But God still called Lot a just man. He He was talked about in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews. I don't know. I don't know. But God delivered basically Lot out of one of who he considered one righteous man out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you're telling me he's not going to protect his remnant when this comes? I don't believe it. I believe he's gonna. And if you don't believe he's going to, you're probably right. Because without faith it is impossible to please God. What is faith? The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, I believe it's Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. You want a definition of faith? There it is. It's the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good report. What elders? One of the elders mentioned was Lot. David, you know, Lot. Solomon wasn't mentioned... Solomon pleased God with his prayer, but he wasn't mentioning that. Why? Because I don't believe it's so much how you start out, it's how you finish. How did Lot finish his life? I don't see any evidence of repentance. At all. As far as I know, he had taken 700 wives, 300 concubines, he built, he built, um, altars to Moloch and Chemosh, who were the main deities of child sacrifice. I think Solomon had seriously, seriously, seriously fallen away. I'm sorry. I don't just don't see any biblical precedents to prove any otherwise. Okay. So anyway, um, so God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You better check yourself, Christian. Are you believing a lie? Are you content to stay in the lie? Uh, you better. You, this is serious, serious, serious stuff here. Really serious stuff. Well, it doesn't matter, bless God, I'm saved, and once saved, i always... Well, okay, but the Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. Do you have a love of truth that you would be saved? Or do you, or, 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 or do you just want the salvation end of the Jesus agreement, but you don't want Him to be your Lord? The Bible says that there are many, that many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these great and mighty things? Haven't we cast out devils? And haven't we done this? And haven't we done that? And then he will say to them, Depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. I never knew you. You know, he said it, not me. Wouldn't you rather err on the side of safety? <laughs> if At minimum, erring on the side of safety? Well, it says, he shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believe not the truth. The truth. It's really important what truth you think you're... I mean, it's really important that you're operating in truth. But had pleasure in unrighteousness. So they had pleasure in unrighteousness. So I'm I'm just going to let the sword of the Spirit do the slicing and dicing. It, it, it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce the divine of asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a thought and a discerner of the intents of the heart. You know, it, it's, there's a lot of things in here that, that aren't fun to hear. But it's very important as a Christian that we're operating in truth. Why? Because we're living in the greatest time of deception the world has ever known. Ever, ever, ever. Don't you think the main warning Jesus gave about the times we're living in right now is be not deceived, be not deceived, be not deceived. You've got to go out of your way, though, to pursue truth, to not be deceived in today's day and age. It's just not something that's going to happen. You're not going to go and warm a pew once a week and um, crack the Bible occasionally and maybe be a brewery once a year. It's not going to happen. You have to constantly... The Bible says uh Jude 1 I want to make sure I get the the quote exactly right Jude 1 I believe is verse 3 Jude is the book right before Revelation um Beloved, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith. What faith? The one that was once delivered unto the saints. Once delivered by who? Jesus Christ. Why? Because, four, there are certain men crept in unawares. They come in unaware. The, people, the, the church don't know about them. Who were before old ordained to this condemnation? Why would it say that? Because God knows the beginning from the end. The Bible says He has vessels to honor and vessels to dishonor. They were ordained to this condemnation. Now I'm not talking about Calvinism. Okay, oh yeah, bless God. We, know, you know, it's all set. Yes, God does know the beginning from the end. But we're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. They end up denying the Lord Jesus Christ through their lies and heresies. So again, it says at the end of this verse, it says that they might all be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now I'm going to go into the newsletter now. Um in this issue of the last trumpet, we will once again examine the astounding events that are now shaking our world. We will do, do so using this by the light of God's word to bring us into a clear understanding of the shocking reality of the urgency that is now pressing upon us. There has never been a time such as this when all the final prophecies of the scripture are converging to complete fulfillment so quickly and with such precision. One would have to be spiritually blind to not understand something is terribly wrong with our nation and the entire world. Well, unfortunately, that's the majority of the church. Sadly, is the fact that the vast majority of people in this world are walking in spiritual bl- spiritually blindness, including denominations of so-called Christianity. Like the men of Sodom, who were blinded by the angels because of their unbridled lust, and experienced the fiery wrath of God without the ability to see it, so are the vast populations of the nation at this time. They are blind to judgment that is about to decisively destroy them and catapult them into the depths of the sinner's eternal damnation. And they are, they're blind. Most of the church is blind. They call themselves a church. The reason why our nation and the world is in such a terrible condition with the spiritual blindness and apathy toward truth is because the people have bought a lie and believed it consistently for so long. They now have no capacity for truth. See, if you, if you just operate and live in a lie, after a while, that's just your reality. And after a while, you have no capacity for the truth. Because the, the lies that are, that are basically possessing you and controlling you, and there's spiritual things associated with this, spiritual entities of deception, well, if you let them take root, do you think they're just going to be content where they're at and just kind of stay... I'm content with his with his little toe, deceiving him with his little toe. Yeah, I'm a nice demon. I'm a nice devil. No, they want it all. They want you lock, stock, and barrel. It's like that thing about they say if you let if you let the camel get his head in the tent, pretty soon his whole body's in the tent. Well, that's how Satan is. Okay, you give him a toe hold, he's gonna take a foothold. You give him a foothold, you know that whole line of thinking there. So. It's a constant thing we have to be on guard against. That we're not operating and living in deception. So, we, we, we go on to this further. It says, The reason why our nation and the world is in such a terrible conzi- um, condition with its spiritual blindness and apathy toward truth is because they have bought a lie and believed consistently for so long they have no capacity for truth. The Apostle Paul warned us about Satan's ability to blind the mind in Second Corinthians 4.4. As follows, quote, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. It's always about blinding their minds so that the glorious gospel of Christ can't come. Yes, that is the main truth that we need to dwell in. That's what Satan's main goal is. Jesus also identified Satan as the father of lies in John eight forty four, As follows, Ye are are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You want that to be your dad? Most of the world, that's their dad. That's their dad. I'm not saying Jesus Christ didn't create them, but they've chosen this route. So we go on a little bit further. Thousands of years ago, the father of lies called Satan Satan, told Eve, the first woman, that that she would not die by eating the forbidden fruit. But that was not the essence or the depth of that lie. When Eve did partake of that fruit of disobedience and did not immediately drop dead, she no doubt believed Satan's lie all the more. Why is that? I'll tell you why. I'll take you to a, a verse in Ezekiel. Because I'm telling you, this verse is heavy duty. This, this, this ferrets out a lot of things. Ezekiel 8, verse 11 says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. That ex- totally explains why Eve. Why? Because sentence against an evil work... It's not executed speedily. See, when you plant a seed, that seed's just not going to come up and, and give a crop right then and right there. Okay? Seeds take time. And many times, God's judgment is, takes time for that to fully... It's like you're storing up wrath, the Bible talks about. Storing up wrath against the judgment of God. Because Eve's sentence wasn't executed speedily, her heart was therefore fully set to do evil. You ever think about that? I, God just brought that to my remembrance as we read this. I had never quite... But that that's true. That's why she did. She did not immediately drop dead. So she no doubt believes Satan's lie all the more. The essence of the lie, however, that seduced and enticed Eve was that she could be wise in knowing both good and evil. That was that was It sounded good. It sounded good. I'll clarify that verse. It's Ecclesiastes eight verse eleven. Ecclesiastes verse eight eleven. Um, that that explains a lot of things. You know, why does God let him get away with it? Why? Because you can look all through the Bible. There were many wicked races that lived for generations before God brought judgment on them. Okay, so I don't know. It's it's that's up to God. His ways are not our ways. In other words, she we're talking about Eve, she could have both good and evil in her life and still go on living. That's the lie that she bought. This is the same lie that Satan has planted and cultivated in the minds and the hearts of the people today. That they can have it both ways that the evil and good can be balanced. Well, that's like yin and yang. Taoism. Another religion that will take a lot of people to hell. This is the ruling principle, though, of every pagan religion. Good and evil. You know, we we, we can have both in our life. It's, It's okay. The nation of the United States is a prime example of Satan's lie put into effect. We claim to be one nation under God. We have churches, charities, philanthropic secret societies, and noble philosophies. We want to be known as "quote the good people." We also have a government that promotes homosexuality, pornography, baby butchering by abortion, gambling, drunkenness, prostitution, and on and other unspeakable evils. Our government actually taxes these vices and makes the vast amount of money on what they can tax, called a sin tax. Truly no man can serve two masters and the people of the United States along with their corrupt government at every level have proven by their actions that they have learned to love Satan and despise the, the true one God. The Bible talks about that, 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 uh, the government that they're, a terror unto, they're not a tear unto good works but unto evil and they beareth not the sword in vain. How could that be this government? How could that be? They're, they're a terror to good works, not evil. They're, they're promoting all of this stuff. And they're saying anybody that comes against it, it hate speech. Well, that couldn't apply to them though. But does that mean I'm I'm saying revolt against the government? No, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I'm saying I'm, I'm all I'm doing is let's compare scripture to scripture and let's see what the Bible really says. So um Judgment will soon be swift and heavy and there will be a weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It is now just as Jesus said it would have been in the last days when he said in Luke chapter 21 that there would be fearful sights among, along with wars and rumors of war. Wars are now breaking out all over the globe. The nation is rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. On July 26, 2006, the United States began to do a significant military buildup in Japan in response to threats by North Korea. On July 3rd, 2006, NORAD, the North American Command and Defense uh, Department in Colorado, went on to a heightened alert called Bravo Plus. This is higher than the medium threat level. On July 5th, 2006, a North Korean, I can't even pronounce the name of this ballistic missile, was launched with Hawaii as the apparent target. By the mercy of God the missile launch was a failure. Whoa. That's pretty heavy duty. It was obviously divine intervention. See, God even though this nation's wicked, there's still a remnant here. So yeah, I believe that if it was up to I mean, according to according to high level Satanists, this whole world was supposed to be taken over by I think no later than two, the year two thousand. Everything was supposed to be in place, done, everything by the... Well, obviously, that didn't happen. So, God has still continued to intervene, even though, you know, we're, we're not aware of a lot of it. Other North Korean missiles were fired and went down near Japan. Some residents of Japan reportedly watched in amazement as the sky over certain areas of J- Japan turned bright, bright red as the missiles approached. They thought it must be some kind of elaborate defense system that turned the sky crimson in color. So, in other words... The Lord's still on the throne. He's still in control. And He's not going to let this stuff happen until He says it's to happen. Okay? So, um, that's why I think our prayers are so important. That they be directed in the right way. Because our prayers are, 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 many times in the body of Christ, they're not being directed in any way, shape, or form in regard to this. It may be about our personal needs and the needs of loved ones, but there's things that are going on at a much higher level that if they happened, trust me, they would become our total priorities. Okay? Guaranteed they would. Overnight. So, it's important that we do pray in regard to these things. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. On July 12, 2006, the World Tribune reported that 10 Iranian advisors were in North Korea for the missile launchings. It is also known that North Korea and Iran have become close friends. And that these two nations with other states of the Middle East are forming an axis of power. We must remember that the traditional boundary between the east and west is the Euphrates River, which is in Iraq. This qualifies both Iran and North Korea as being kings of the east. With that in mind, Revelation 16, 12-14 warns us, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are, they, for they are the spirits of devils, these frog-like spirits. That's why I'm not really too keen on frogs. Because the Bible don't mention them in a good way, ever. Working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth, in the whole world, to gather them to battle, for that great day of the God Almighty. These nasty frog spirits were so, were so powerful and demonic, and worked so many miracles... Oh, well, all miracles are good. No, they're not. Most of them are evil in today's day and age. Oh, well, I know, but I made my pilgrimage to to Medjugorje in in Mexico where I went to see Mother uh, uh the blessed uh, virgin. It should be called the blessed fallen angelic scum demon. Well, I, I went to her. And I, and, I, and I walked around uh, whatever on my knees and made my knees bleed because I gave penance. Give me a break. That's that's straight from the pit of hell. Where does it say that we do that in the Bible? Ever. Ever. Where does it say to do that? It says that all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. They're trying to earn their way to heaven. Because man can't accept the fact that Jesus came here and gave us a free gift. For you are saved by grace, through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, Not of walking on your knees to pay homage to something. Not of being a good Catholic or a good Buddhist or a good Hindu. Not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. These people are not going to be able to stand at the Great White Throne Judgment because they're not going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. They're going to the Great White Throne Judgment, where at that point they'll be judged and cast into the lake of fire. They're not, they're going there. And I don't believe they're, they're, they're going to be, um, have a whole lot of things to say to God in regards to, well, look at the righteous life that I live. Because all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. For we are all together as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Psalm 64, 6. So, that's what that's that's their, that's their end. Now, I pray to God they get saved. I don't want them to go to hell. But the Bible says that, that, that narrow is the way to life eternal and few there be that find it. Now, we should pray for these people. I do want them to get... I don't want... The Bible says... That it's his willing that, that he takes no death in, in the um, he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God says that in His Word. Also says that that it's His will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. So ultimately, the more God intervenes and the more truth the people are exposed to through the Lord, the more people are going to get saved. Okay, but most people just don't want that truth. So. Um, when we consider these verses and compare them with the events of our day, we can see that it was foretold that a triumphal power uh, from the east would foment, meaning create, the final world war with the center of conflict at Armageddon. Revelation sixteen sixteen says, and he gathered them together in, in, in into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And that's a place of parcel of land over in Israel right now, and it's a valley. And it says that the, that the blood is going ru- to come up to the uh, bridles of the horses in this valley. That's a pretty big slaughter. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's heavy duty. Can any thinking person doubt that the intrigue we are now seeing is leading up to the final cataclysm and return of the Savior? Um, we must also remember that there are that these wars are spiritual and not just human efforts. Again, that's what I try to keep always going back to. This is a spiritual battle that we're in here. Um, I predicted these current conditions and some of the strong and some of the spring issues, in other words, the he had issues that came out in the spring of the last Trumpet newsletter, which is what I'm reading from. As a former astrologer Saved by the grace of God, I know that Satan uses astrology as his pattern and time clock. Which is why our U.S. government and the Illuminati operate on the same schedule. Witchcraft cannot operate at all without astrology. See, witchcraft is totally dependent on astrology. That's why it's so bad. Don't read these horoscopes. Don't buy into any of this junk. It's evil. It's from the pit of hell. It's forbidden by the Bible. Forbidden. Don't do it. God condemns astrology in Isaiah 47:13 through 14. And then he goes on to say, "I hate astrology because I was so very much part of that world." Well, let's just read Isaiah 47:13. Isaiah 47 verse 13. says, Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, horoscope people, and stargazers these are these are again, astrology and stargazers are very, very if not totally the same, pretty much exactly the same, because they're they're determining one's fortune or one's future, depending on your sign, Virgo, Pisces, Aries, all this other stuff. They're determining your fortune or future through witchcraft. That's what this is. So let not the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators—what is a prognosticator? Well, who gives somebody gives a prognosis? Okay, they're basically predicting something for the future. They're prognosticators. Then it says, "Stand up and save thee from these things that thou shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be a stubble. Now, these, who shall be a stubble? These astrologers and these others that are mentioned." shall be a stubborn, the fire shall burn them, and they shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. Ooh, that sounds like they're going to hell to me. There shall not be a cold to warm at, nor a fire to sit at before. So, they, um, their their future's not looking too good. Okay? So, he goes on to say, I hate astrology because I was so very much part of that world. This guy, because he came out of the occult. This preacher... I can see at a glance how the enemy uses it as there was a strong ingress of Mars this past spring. Now, that's something about astrology that he's aware of. Now, see, he's aware of Satan's devices. That doesn't mean he's buying into them all. But see, he knows how they operate. He knows how the witchcraft people think, how they operate, because he was one of them. So, lest we be ignorant of his devices, thank God this, this man, because I don't know all the stuff he knows about witchcraft. I, I, never, I never was into it like he was. I was just more into the world, more than anything else. I wasn't actually into hardcore witchcraft like he was. So, um, it was easy to see the trouble coming since the occult antichrist believed that Mars is the god of war. And I think that has to do with some of this thing that we just mentioned about North Korea and the war. Mars is considered the god of war. It's the red planet. okay? Um, just like Saturn is associated with Satan, Okay, Saturn, the, the, the word Saturn has six letters. Saturn is the sixth planet from the sun. Saturn is also a derivative way of saying Satan. The star of Saturn is the six-pointed star or the hexagram. It is not the star of David. It most likely is the seal of Solomon, though, because when he, at the end of his life he participated in extremely high-level witchcraft, so much so that, that he had erected altars to chimash and Moloch, which were the main deities of child sacrifice. Now, if you get into child sacrifice, it doesn't get a whole lot worse than that. If you're if you're into the witchcraft, it doesn't get a whole lot more than that. So, again, Saturn is 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 very much associated with some really sick, wicked stuff. Okay, there's a lot of parallels of six with the word with the planet Saturn. Anyway, that's just a side note there. Um, but remember, God will always have the last word. God Almighty will always have the last word, and all will be well with His children. Amen. While the explosive situation in the Middle East was breaking out, the G8 summit, now, what G8 is, is they're the eight most powerful nations in the world, essentially, and they get together, everyone, once in a while, and have a powwow, and and tell how they're going to, you know, do this and do that. I had a slide of them in my avion flu presentation, where they were talking about how they were going to give all these billions and billions and billions to further mass vaccinate the planet, particularly third world nations. Why would they want to target third world nations? Well, because they really want to kill them. They're, 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 in their eyes, they're termed as useless eaters. They have land and things of this nature that they would like to take, and so they've got to kill them. That's all vaccination really has ever been about. Mass extermination of the planet. Now, they've got microchips that are so small that they can insert them into the vaccines and everybody's going to be walking around with microchips before long and not even know it. They're going to be chipped. Does that mean it's the mark of the beast? No, I'm not saying that. But, anymore, I'd be, I'd be weary about taking any kind of injection. Because they've got microchips 400th the size of a grain of salt. And that was that was what was reported two years ago. What do they got today? Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail any further. But... Um, So the G8 summit opened in St. Petersburg, Russia on the 13th day of July. Russia was described as having a closed fist as far as the United States is concerned. What does that mean? Closed fist. That means they don't even want to talk to us right now. Russia. Our old enemy. The United States is still under extreme scrutiny because of its failing economy on a global state. Now let me just say something a little bit more about that. When we went and we invaded Iraq, which was totally about getting control of Iraq, getting control of where Babylon is, because you know that's where Babylon, the old, you know what, they're rebuilding it. They're rebuilding the city of Babylon. Who's doing it? Our government? Oh, that's interesting now, isn't it? Hmm. They're rebuilding Babylon. That's not my opinion. Chuck Missler has a whole bunch of stuff where he's actually gotten Pictures. I've I've seen the pictures. They're rebuilding the thing. There's also tons of oil over there. What are Bush and Cheney? They're oilmen from way back. They're families, oilmen. Halliburton, who Cheney worked for. Gigantic pipeline systems over there. He was the CEO of Halliburton. He's making more money from Halliburton now than he was even when he was the CEO in stock options and things of this nature. It's about money, greed, power, oil. We're not over there defending the peace. Don't, don't even kid yourself about that. Because we are not. We're over there because we have our wicked government has a hidden agenda and they're trying to get control of this land. And that, that, that's so easy to prove, but again, that's a whole other rabbit trail to go down. But when we took over Iran, Russia lost probably into the tune of billions because Iran owed Russia money. Russia never got paid that money. So Russia's not real keen on us going over and taking over Iraq because that's an ally with Iraq, and so is China. And they don't want to have what happened to them in Iran happen in Iraq. So we're not on the best of terms with Russia right now. Trust me. And not only this, we're the ones supporting Israel right now. We're about the only nation standing behind Israel. All the other nations are condemning Israel for what they're doing through the United Nations right now. Oh, that wicked Israel, they're, they're, def- they're, they're, this, they're this little sliver of land trying to defend itself against the whole Palestinian army and the whole Palestinian state, and yet they're condemned for it. But it's okay for the Palestinians to strap on bombs and go in there and kill everybody, and they've been doing it for years, and they've been dogging them, and they've given them all their land. It's never enough. It's never, ever enough. And it's okay for the Palestinians to say dogmatically, Yasser Arafat said this, that the only solution to the Middle East crisis is the total extermination of the Jews. Oh, but the but the poor Lebanese. Oh, yeah. This is terrible what they're doing. Those, those wicked Israelis. Does that mean that I think that, that that Israel is like godly nation? No, it but the Bible says that they are still beloved for the elect's sake. Blindness and part has happened to the Jew to the fullness of the Gentile come in. Okay, so they're not they haven't had their eyes opened yet. Okay? Because of Israel's blindness, the wild olive tree, according to Romans, I believe, like in 7, was grafted in. Because of their blindness, we were given an opportunity to get saved. It says, boast not thyself against the the, uh, branches, which are the true branches, which would be Israel. Because you're a wild olive tree grafted in. That's what we are. We're a wild olive tree. We're not supposed to boast ourselves against the branches, against the natural branches. Who are the natural branches? The Jews. So see, I have a balance in my, in my thinking with the Jews. I don't think that, 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 that all of a sudden they've got some kind of get out of jail free pass like some pastors think. And they don't got to get saved the same way we got to get saved. The Bible says if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. And that there's neither Jew nor Greek. It says there's neither Jew nor Greek. Bond nor free. So, they've been blinded in part, till the fullness of the Gentile come in. What's that? Well, probably when the last Gentile gets saved, that in God's eyes is the fullness of the Gentiles, then I believe the Jews' eyes are going to start being opened. Probably, most likely, that's going to happen right at the start of the tribulation period because the emphasis is going to shift more back to the Jew. I think it's very obvious. In Scripture, it's going to be a time of Jacob's trouble. Well, who's Jacob? He was a Jew. He was the father of the 12 Jewish tribes, okay? So, again, that's another rabbit trail we could go down pretty heavily. But I'm I'm just trying to give you a little bit of background to some of these current events. So, um... Russia and in, in the United States are not on good terms. On June 6th, or 666, the Pentagon announced that it's dropping the Geneva Convention regarding the treatment of prisoners. The U.S. Pentagon objects to the international agreement because it forbids and bans humiliating and degrading treatment of prisoners. See, we're, we're protesting that. We want that. We, we want the humiliating. They're already doing it. They just want an official. The rest of the world is watching this with amazement. Is the beast beginning to show its true colors, and those colors could be red, white, and blue? Here let it be noted that the man who is behind the departure from the humane treatment of prisoners is Vice President Dick Cheney, who openly objects to the ban, of, ban on torture. Now, Dick Cheney is one of the most wicked, vile men that's ever walked the planet. I'll state it categorically, and I can prove it to you. He is one sick individual, okay? And he's the one that's behind this. Well, oh, Bush is no different. We have also discovered that there's a massive swastika-shaped building at the U.S. Naval Amphibious Base in Coronado, California. This swastika shape, which is what the Nazis wore, the swastika, this swastika shape is clearly visible from the air, and when facing true north, the swastika is tilted exactly as the Gestapo wore them on their uniforms. We're building buildings like this in this country, our, our government. This building is known as the Seals Layer. I don't really know exactly what that means. They said it could happen in America but no longer the American but this is no longer the America we were born in. One more point worth mentioning is that we can expect trouble com- concerning Venezuela. Venezuela recently discovered 4 billion cubic feet of natural gas making it the single largest oil reserve in the world. There is an estimated 313 billion barrels of heavy and extra heavy crude oil in these reserves, which is equal to one half of all the oil in the Middle East. This is a pie cooling in the window that our president and the other oil obsessed people will not be able to resist stealing. There is no peace among the wicked. Signs of the beast among us. We know that the ultimate objective of the Antichrist one world government is to control every man, woman, and child, and to occupy the mind, will, and the emotions of everyone. In accomplishing this, he will also convert the population of the world into disciples of Satan himself. Who still wants to be God. Let it here be noted that the symbol of the esoteric but organized Illuminati has been the single or cycloptic eye over the truncated pyramid such as appears on the back of our $1 bill. That's the symbol of the Illuminati. The symbol on the back of every one of our $1 bills is the, is one of the most wicked symbols on the face of the planet. We got it on our $1 bills. Isn't that great? It's the symbol of the Illuminati. Who's the Illuminati? The 13 families that control and run the earth. The top family being the Rothschild family, who decide the price of gold and silver in London every single day. Okay? Now, great. does that mean God's not on the throne? No. But Satan has chosen to use specific families of people in order to ultimately accomplish his goals. These are the families that really control the politicians and run the world. Okay? The reason that they're not on the front lines is because they want to be in the shadows. They want to be in darkness and they want to put their puppet people up front to do their dirty work for them so that they can take the heat. But that's not where the real money is. It's with the Illuminati. So, this symbol on the back of the $1 bill is known as the Illuminati crest. It's dated back to the witches' Sabbath on May 1st, 1776, which is May 1st, 1776, it was a holiday called Beltane, which is also called May Day, which is a very high satanic holiday. The this this eye insignia appears in many other places and also happens to be the trademark of CBS, Columbia Broadcasting System. CBS has now announced a new advertising campaign in which they will imprint. They will laser imprint their trademark, I, on 35 million eggs to be sold in stores during September and October of 2006. That's weird. George Schweitzer of CBS calls this egg advertising. He will also laser imprint names of their shows with catchy phrases on the eggs. Egg producers, distributors, and reti- retailers are all to share in this advertising revenue. I, if I was you, I wouldn't advise getting these eggs and eating them. Okay, because they're probably going to come with a big fat demon attached with them. It's like bringing a cursed object in your house. It appears that the eye of Illuminism is finding its way into our refrigerators. We, we remember that the symbol of the moon goddess of the ancient Babylon was the egg. Okay, now that's where we get Easter egg hunts. Because what they believe, okay, and I'm, I'm telling you what they believe, The whole thing about Easter, where did that all come from? Ishtar. They believe that the goddess Ishtar basically came in a giant... And I know this sounds nutty, but this is honestly what witches believe, okay? They believe this egg fell from the sky um, into modern-day Iraq, into uh, the river, whether it was the Euphrates River or whatever, I don't know. And the egg came and it came into the water, and floated up into the wicker reeds, which is where we get the wicker baskets, where we have the Easter eggs, and the egg hatched, and out of it came this goddess, Ishtar, out of this multicolored egg. This is where we get all of our traditions. And Ishtar, what was she? She was the goddess of fertility. Why do you think we have the little cute furry bunny as a sign of Easter? Because the bunny is the fastest procreating mammal on earth. It has the fastest reproductive rate. Well, Ishtar is the reproductive goddess. She's the fertility goddess. That's why we have all these things associated with Easter. It's all totally pagan and satanic. It has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Nothing. So, um, I would have thought that this would have been more appropriate to release this egg with the eye of Lucifer on it during Easter. It would have seemed much more appropriate to do it then, but they're doing it now actually during the, ha- the Halloween season. Okay? And, um, so, it's saying here, basically, that, that, um, this moon goddess of ancient Babylon was the egg, and was a serpent coiled around it with a crescent moon above it. So this is all part of conditioning the mind for the luministic purposes. See, they operate through symbols. The Satanists operate through symbols. These shows that we talked about today, it's conditioning our minds to accept these things. There's demonic things attached with this. In Florida, the coast-to-coast family convenience stores are offering their customers the option of purchasing their goods using only their fingerprint. Um... Once they are registered, they never need to use cash, checks, or credit cards again. They simply insert their finger into a machine, and the funds will be transferred from their account to the store's account. This is a convenience store in Florida. A chain of convenience stores, you just put your finger in. Think they might be conditioning you for the mark of the beast? <laughs> um, this is also happening in the Chicago area. in Their stores called Jewel Osco where the stores have a person at the door asking people to sign up for their program, and it's being advertised as fast, easy, and secure. Once your finger is scanned and registered, all your buying power is in your right hand. Oh my. A financial emergency in the United States could easily make such a system mandatory. Will such a thing happen? Now that such a system is in use, it makes Revelation 13.17 loom largely before us with the following warning. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he have a mark and the name of the beast or the number of his name. We live in strange times when computers have changed everything, including the changing of pictures into numbers. Uh, this is a device called digital technology. Another device that is being used by some lenders is a star starter interrupt device that will allow your car to start if you that won't allow your car to start if you've m- missed a payment. You talk about Big Brother. High-tech devices have now totally changed our world. Reuters News Service recently reported that a paralyzed man using a new brain sensor, I saw this paralyzed man, I saw a video of this guy doing this, okay? Paralyzed man using a new brain sensor was able to move a computer cursor, open email, control a robotic device just by thinking about it. They're thinking things and able to translate this through computers' actual action. I saw him do it! Yeah, he's totally paralyzed. And he's thinking and stuff's happening. That's the technology that is available. And that's just what we're being exposed to. It's not really what's out there. It's, it's way worse than that. The powers of darkness are seasoned upon such, such technology which will be able to read thoughts and thus eliminate the last remnant of privacy from our lives. Well, I believe that to a certain extent. But I don't believe that Satan can just read our thoughts um, as though God doesn't have any say over that. I don't believe that. Because that would, that would basically be saying, like, well, God's not in control. I don't believe that. When the news of how many illegal aliens were living in the United States broke about three months ago, many people wondered why our government allowed this to happen. Quite obviously it was no accident. There, is, there were a number of reasons why this destructive force was allowed to begin dismantling our country. But the primary reason has now surfaced. The American Bush, the Bush administration, is pushing, and this is true. I've put out several emails on this. Is pushing to create a North American Union, and is using the Department of Commerce under the Security and Prosperity Partnership of North America under the NAFTA program. According to Jerome Corsi, the plan is to expand the NAFTA tribunals into the North American court system that would allow supremacy over all U.S. law, even over the Supreme Court, in any manner, matter related to trilateral political and economic integration of the United States, Canada, and Mexico. In other words, this satanic tribunal would basically do away, or have precedence over, all of our laws, all of our Supreme Court, and essentially, that would be mostly controlled um A lot through Mexico. Clearly national sovereignty is being scrapped to form a superpower under one currency um, similar to what they've... They've already done this in Europe. You know. They're going to have one... They're going to have... This currency is going to be called the Amero. Well, they've got the Euro over in Europe. Well, we would have the Amero. And it would be American, Mexican, Canadian, one currency. Um... And in order to do that, we would have to assimilate we would have to totally assimilate Mexico, which would be like assimilating, you know, a uh, absolute total ball and chain, a cesspool. Although, we're we're not great in this country either. But what they're trying to do is further and further and further weaken the country, weaken us, weaken us, weaken us. And when the economy collapses, chances are your money's not going to be worth a whole lot. And, and, and even the land, you're not going to be able to get rid of it, except for pennies on the dollar. So, I'm encouraging people, you know, really start thinking about this for the future because the Bible says, "The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on or punish." So we need to prepare for these things that are coming. Clearly, um, national sovereignty. Okay, I already said that. Um, the nations are going to be uniting, uniting to form a one-world government under a satanic dictator. The United States is now a much, you know much weaker condition than people can imagine. Recently, President Bush announced that he was sending sending 2,500 National Guard troops to guard our southern border. When it came to doing it, he could only come up with 483 troops. Much of our National Guard is being used as International Guard and is spread out so thin all over the world that there's hardly anyone to protect the United States. What do we have here? Foreign troops. Foreign troops that want to have one problem slit in your throat putting you in concentration camps because they want to do that because they hate us anyway. We don't see about it on nightly news, but they're here. That's been documented for many, many years. Much of our, um, let's see, going further, this problem also revealed itself when the crime rate in New Orleans became so high that Governor Kathleen Blianco ordered 300 National Guard troops to enforce the law in New Orleans and could only come up with 100 and had to promise to send 200 more later. It is a sad fact that our crime rate has increased so much in all of our major cities that law enforcement agencies cannot handle the problem and that the situation is out of control. Our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., has such a problem with violent crime that the city has declared a crime emergency. Armed robbery, rapes, and murders are committed right on the National Mall. With fuel price has gone wild, our nation is feeling the effect of distressed economy all the more. And the crime will continue to go with it. Recently, BBC News reported that a war with Iran would triple the now outrageous fuel prices in the U.S. Triple. Can you imagine paying nine bucks a gallon? You couldn't even, what could you do? I mean, you talk about it would just shut everything down. Bear that in mind. Is the United States already bankrupt? According to a recent paper published by a key member of the Federal Reserve Bank, and I I sent him this, because he's on my email list. This was published by the Federal Reserve. Now, who owns the Federal Reserve? Basically the 13 families of the Illuminati. Where does all of our IRS tax dollars go to? Paying the interest on the debt created by the Federal Reserve. So all of our IRS tax dollars goes to the 13 families of the Illuminati. Every bit of it. Not one penny, according to the Grace Commission, goes to running this country. What was the Grace Commission? A blue ribbon commission, commissioned by President Ronald Reagan, through a man named Peter Grace, to examine every facet of government and determine where and how our money is being spent. Not one penny of our hard-earned tax dollars from the IRS goes to running this country at all. It all goes to the Federal Reserve via the private debt collecting arm called the IRS because the IRS is not governmental. It is a private debt collecting arm that gets the money, gives it to the Federal Reserve to pay off the interest on the national debt. A debt that was created because we don't have anything backing our money anymore of substance called gold or silver. It's not there. When you have that, you have a a situation where you have what they call a debt currency and that debt currency um, can never, ever, ever be paid back in the system that we have. And it's all by design to destroy the country. It's all by design. So, according to a recent paper published by a key member of the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States, our country is in deep trouble. I read this. I read some of it. It was huge. But but it's the real deal. This is not my opinion. Professor Lawrence Kodakoff, researcher for the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis and a professor of economics at Boston University, had this to say. Quote, a ballooning budget deficit and and pensions and the welfare time bomb could send the economic superpower into insolvency. That means bankruptcy. By some measures, the U.S. is already bankrupt. To paraphrase the Oxford English Dictionary, is the United States at the end of its resources? Exhausted, stripped bare, destitute, bereft, wanting in property, or wrecked in consequence of failure to pay its creditors? According to the Central analysis the U.S. government is indeed bankrupt. That's our strong government country. Okay? So I'm saying, whatever God convicts you to do, do it. Because I don't know how much time we have left until the bottom drops out of this. And I believe the only reason the bottom hasn't dropped out is because of God's grace. Uh, That's the only reason I can see. This next um, section here is entitled... Uh, a bewitched and demoralized nation. Why has so much evil befallen the erstwhile, this erstwhile great nation? This is America. Should we wonder about that when we consider the gross evil and heavy appetites for iniquity by a demonized and illuminized population who remain under the influence of of the witch of witchcraft? The Bible. See, we're under total witchcraft in this country. I mean, just what I showed you this morning. The Bible has much to say in condemning witchcraft. The Galatians 5.20 lists it as a work of the flesh. Verse 21 tells us, They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. On June 30th, 2006, ABC released a story about a new witch school that is open in Hoopston, Illinois. I I, I mentioned this, I think, a couple weeks ago. The CEO and director of the witch school, his name is Ed Hubbard, he had this to say about the school. The school is dedicated to educating the public in Wicca. What is Wicca? Wicca is white witchcraft. It's good witchcraft. You know, it's like the good witch of, of the East, or whatever. Not the wicked witch of the West. We fight the bad witchcraft. Ha! Dude. It's all evil. It's all straight from the pit of hell. It's all condemned by God. You can, you can justify it any way you want to justify it. it still all leads to hell. Ultimately. All this In fact, Bill Schneblin's got a book called Wicca, Satan's Little White Lie, that if you have any doubts about that, I would tell you to get it. It's called Satan's Little White Lie. Do a keyword search on the internet and you'll find it. Do it in quotes because it'll come up quicker. Bill Schneblin. The school has roughly 120,000 active students. 120,000 students who enroll via internet courses and 30 to 50 more are added each day. Well, I wonder if Harry Potter had anything to do, paving way for that. Or the Chronicles of Narnia. Or all this other pagan junk that's being pawned off as is, is good witchcraft. Um, it goes on to say, in 1999, in 1990, only 8,000 people in the United States openly claimed Wicca as their religion that number has increased to 134,000 in 2001 who knows what it is today so it went from 8,000 to 134 what is that more than 15 times it's went up in in a in a 11 year period and that was in 2001 who knows what it is today you think we're not in a spiritual battle? Do you think these people aren't at home practicing their religion? Releasing curses, doing hexes, incantations, things of this nature. It's what Harry Potter, te- Harry Potter teaches. Harry Potter teaches these kids how to do high-level witchcraft. In fact, I've even seen quotes from people that are involved in high-level witchcraft that said there's certain things in Harry Potter that I never even tried. Because it's so dark, I wouldn't even get into it. Because they knew better. The witches knew better. That's how, that's how evil that junk is. So, um, it's a sad fact that witchcraft is almost everywhere, and it brings a great curse with it. The vast array of disasters that are now afflicting our nation is just the beginning of what's to come, and only true repentance can change things. And again, my people, which are called by my name, Christians, will humble themselves, turn from the wicked ways, seek my face, then I shall hear from heaven, and will heal their land. Okay? Don't see a lot of that happening. But we can do it individually, we have to do it individually. We should be getting on our knees every day and essentially doing this thing. And, 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 and to a certain extent, I believe this will stay God's hand and give us some more time. you know. But we want to make sure that we're, we're taking the time that God's giving us and being not only good Bereans, searching things out, but good Bereans of our time. Because if, if He's going to give us extra time, then we need to make sure we're doing the most with it. Um... And I speak to myself as I much as I would anyone else with that. It is a sad fact. Um, witchcraft's almost everywhere. I do not see true repentance happening at this time. I must also mention that that this point, that August 1st of every year is the high cross quarter sabbat of witchcraft. Known as Loonzagon. Pronounced as Lunasa, And the celebration of the harvest of not only produce from the earth but also of, of souls which is look at the year as a circle and they divide the circle into into four parts or quarters and then into four more parts or cross quarters And making eight divisions that are called Sabbaths. And these are their, these are their religious holidays. It just so happens they, they correspond with about every major holiday we've got. Because every major holiday we got, save Thanksgiving, is satanic in origin. Even Groundhog's Day. Puxatani Phil comes out of the ground. And if he can see a shadow, what is it? Then, then we got eight more weeks of winter? Or something? I don't know. And if he can't see a shadow, then 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 we've got or or, or if, if he can see a shadow, we've got bad winter head or eight more weeks of bad winter. I don't know how it works, but even that is wicked and evil because he's actually divining. He's they're using a groundhog to, as a fortune teller. Puxatani fell. He's cute. He's furry. I like him. I think he, he, I don't think he should be held responsible. He's a furry cute little guy, but they're using this for evil. Is some my groundhogs? Day. Oh, that's just innocent, good fun. Oh, I'm sorry, it's witchcraft. That's how God. View. I've read too much about groundhogs today. Then I haven't said a lot about it because people think you're nuts saying that. But I really don't care. Look it up. You'll find that that is one of the Sabbats of witchcraft. Um, witchcraft designs and. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that's bad. I don't think it is. I don't know. Anyway, um, witchcraft designs and terminology are built into our calendar and our daily vocabulary. Remember the word cereal? We often eat cereal at breakfast. It is taken from the name of the pagan goddess Cirrus, also known as Demeter by the Greeks. Cirrus was worshipped as the goddess of grain especially on her day of Cyrenella, or April 19th. That's her day. The goddess was also honored, however, at the harvest time of Luggenzana. That's why we get the word cereal from the goddess of grain. See, this is just in grain. I didn't even know this until I read this, but he's got insight that I don't have. Um, in Britain, six new coins with the image of Harry Potter have been minted. And one And the one crown coins are legal tender on the Isle of Man. Which is largely populated by witches. The Isle of Man. See, witchcraft, the, 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 the witchcraft capital of the world is England. It is. They've got more witches per capita there than any other part on earth. Okay? And much of what is controlled in the earth through the Illuminati through witchcraft, is controlled through particularly London, England. Remember I said earlier the Rothschilds sit every day at the end of the gold and silver day and they decide the price of gold and silver. London. Witchcraft has a demoralizing effect, and this is clearly visible in our strange present society. Recent studies have shown that 36% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 29 have at least one tattoo. Now, when you get tattoos, you're basically like, I'm trying to liken it, it would be like implanting a demon in your body. When you get tattoos, it's basically like you're you're implanting a demon. When, when you get all these piercings, and all of a sudden, you're you're basically, you're opening yourself up to the demonic realm. You're, you're providing portals for them to come into you. Okay? Witches have set this trend for us. But Leviticus... 1928 forbids tattoos. Leviticus 1928. Leviticus 1928 reads, You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. I didn't say it, God did. Well, what, it's harmless. It's just good clean fun. Do you realize that most people that operate tattoo parlors are Satanists? Most people. It's well known. They're Satanists. Well, why would they be Satanists, pray tell? Because Satan puts people in key positions to defile humanity in the greatest way they can. People that are Satanists, many of them own tattoo parlors. Many of them are... are, uh, the, the number one profession for for a Satan Satanist in a witch coven that is trying to be covert is a so-called Christian pastor. That's the number one profession because it's the best cover, and they can defile they can defile the most amount of people that way. Many of them are are tattoo many of them own uh, tattoo parlors. Many of them are into legalized prostitution, drug running many of the women are prostitutes. They know that they can defile humanity in a greater way that way. Satan commissions them to do these things. That's what they do. That's their religion. And they're more zealous about their religion than typical Christian. Way more zealous. Part of that reason is because Satan is a cruel taskmaster. And once you get into that level of the occult, he just doesn't let you sit. Like like the average Christian might do, warm in a pew, he doesn't let the average Satanist do that. Satan will whip you from pillar to post and keep that carrot dangling out in front of you. They're more motivated than we are. For the most part. And they realize what I'm saying is true way more than the average Christian person who's going to just blow all this off and say that, that, you know, this has no merit. Well, I can prove all of it. So I think it does have merit. Um... So again, Leviticus twenty nineteen twenty eight forbids tattoos. It also is true that many witches make their money as prostitutes. And like I just said, sexual sins are plaguing our nation as never before, because it is a spiritual problem. During the time of the witches' Sabbath of midsummer, or the Jew, third third week of June, in Los Angeles, California, hosted an erotica convention. Now this is like an adult uh, pornography convention, which drew fifty thousand participants who attended a series of sex seminars where they were taught techniques in perversion and many were prepared to audition for forthcoming porno store shows. They have things where they'll actually have one porn star and they will have her, uh, this one, she had sex with 800 different men in a period of, I don't know how many hours. They They were lined up like in turnstile formation, have sex with one woman. And that goes on. It's not reported in the news. Um, So this stuff is actually going on in this country, right now. In Germany, there are heavy elements of witchcraft. During the year 2002, Germany legalized prostitution. There are now 400,000 working prostitutes in Germany. They're reportedly that they, they were kept busy by the soccer fans that gathered there for the World Cup that they just had. They were all kept busy. They're legalized. Prostitution in Germany is a multi-billion dollar industry. Now remember, everything that I'm reading you is all referenced. These are all referenced news stories from secular sources. So you can't say, well, you've got some kind of Christian bias. This is was widely reported in secular media, which I think give it, gives it more credence. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> In Houston, Texas, I just sent this email out on this. A new billboard advertising Budweiser beer is attracting much attention. The massive billboard have a picture of Jesus in the center holding a can of Budweiser beer in front of his face. In large print on the left side of the billboard says King of the Jews. On the right side says King of Beers. I got the, I got the picture of the billboard. I sent it out to my home email because I wanted to see this when I read this. um, Listen to this. I... This isn't... Florida has another serious problem. Florida is stinking wicked. Wicked! Now, I'm just going to throw something out there. You don't have to believe this. I was supposed to speak at a major... Uh, there's, a comp- there's, a, there's a company called... Not a company, but, a, but an organization called We the People that had just started a 71-city tour. And they were going from 71 different cities around America. They started it. They asked me if I would be one of the speakers. I had my pick. Tampa, Orlando, whatever I wanted. I was going to do a very abbreviated version of my my DVD, Avion Flu Killer of Millions. I had to squinch it under 45 minutes. That was pretty tough. I had an hour, but... Some of it was going to be question answers. I had to squinch this in a 45 minutes. So I went and I and I, I took my 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 thing and I cut out 80 slides. I did all this work in order to be able to have a presentation of 45 minutes and still kind of be hitting the high points. I knew of somebody else that that I wanted to speak in this conference. Now they hadn't had any problems in the conference up until the time when they got to Florida. And I knew another Christian lady and her son that I I gave them the lead on, and they were going to speak in Orlando. I said, why don't you let them speak in Orlando? I'll speak in Tampa on Monday. They were going to speak in Orlando on a Sunday. And this guy named Bob Schultz was going to be interviewed. Bob Schultz has been on the forefront of trying to um, expose a lot of the corruption in our government, particularly how it relates to the IRS. They wanted me to speak at this. I wasn't even going to be speaking on the IRS. Now, they had done nine cities when they got to Florida, it was like they hit a brick wall. Now, it's very well known in witchcraft that there's... And the Bible it says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places. The Bible says in Daniel, it said that when Daniel went on that 21-day fast, it said that the, the, the day that you, were, that you started fasting, Daniel, basically the angel was trying to get to him to appropriate this um, answer to prayer. But what did the angel tell Daniel? It said that I was hindered by the prince of Persia. What's that? A demonic, fallen angelic entity, mostly likely fallen angelic entity, over the area of Persia, which I believe is like Iran-Iraq. Modern day Iran-Iraq. So angels can be hindered through fallen angels. It's well known. It's talked about in the Bible. Okay? Well, I think that Florida is so stinking wicked It is such Sodom and Gomorrah. You've got certain places in this country that are really super, super wicked. New York City, LA, and you can probably throw in all of California, Oregon, where they have more people per capita witchcraft in Oregon than any other place in the United States, Oregon, very, very dark place, Las Vegas, and Florida. Florida. And, and uh, a lot of places out in the what you would call the Four Corners area of um, Utah, there's a lot of demonic junk going on out there. Area 51, all that junk, very demonic stuff. But Florida, I guarantee you, this isn't my imagination because you can show it in the Bible, there, there are ruling principalities and princes over Florida, okay, from a demonic standpoint. The Bible talks about it. I think when this tour got to Florida, it was like all of a sudden everything blew up. They couldn't even get into Florida. I get a call. Everything was set up. I had done all this stuff to try to help this happen. I was ready to go on Monday. And I get a call on my answer machine. The lady that I that, that I had given them the lead to to speak in, in Orlando, her and her son, the night before... She was getting in her son's truck and and fell out, wrenched her leg, took her to the emergency room. She was, forget it. They're done. They can't do it. Then Bob Schultz calls and they cancel Orlando for like no apparent reason. And then they cancel Tampa. So I never ended up speaking. Then they cancel Tallahassee. And then they kind of and then at that point they said, "We've found logistically that we can't keep up with this pace anymore, because I say, I just did that 14city tour, and it's brutal. They were only on their ninth city, and they were finding out how hard it is to go to a different city every single night, reset up everything and then give your, your deal. Very, 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 very hard. We found that out real quick. But I believe that there was a certain demonic component of hindrance, like Daniel's angel was hindered when it came to them trying to speak in Florida. Florida's so wicked that it's almost like you're dealing with some things here that you're not dealing with even in other parts of the country. Now, can I be totally dogmatic about this and say i bet my life... Well, no, I'm just telling you, I feel as though seeing that there was just this extraordinary thing that happened about Florida, I'm thinking that there's got to be something to this. And And then they restarted up the tour. But Florida, they couldn't even touch. I was never able to speak. I was ready, man. I was fired up. I, 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 I was like... Because I was going to have... It's not, I don't want to say I, I, I. But I was going to be able to present this truth that I believe the Lord's given me and hopefully blind eyes would be open and many people would end up getting saved as a result of this information. Not because I want glory, but ultimately that God will get the glory. So, anyway... Um, where were we at here? Um, but you're not going to believe this. Florida has another serious problem. Sexually transmitted diseases are wildly epidemic in retirement villages. Yeah, this is a reference story. I looked it up. I couldn't believe it. And doctors are shocked by it. One guy, gynecologist said that she has treated more cases of genital herpes and papilloma, which is HPV virus, which are genital warts, in retirement villages than in downtown Miami. So she's treated more cases of genital herpes and in, in, uh, genital warts in, in retirement villages than in downtown Miami? Doctors have also noted heavy use of Viag- Viagra In the retirement centers and peoples in their eighties are among the diseased. See, they got this new drug Viagra, which I guarantee you carries its own side effect of sorcery and boatload of demons with it when you pop those pills, which allows these old people to have these sex drives of a of a twenty year old, and now they're all shacking up with one another in retirement homes. And think about it. It's set up perfect because you've got this closed community. You can have one old man going to another old old lady. You can just make the rounds. Everybody lives there together. I, I never heard of that. Never even heard of this. But it's in Florida. Woo. Why has our country become so corrupt and in such a shame and disgrace to common decency? It is because organized religion in America is demonized. That's what he goes back to. I think he's right. And false prophets and teachers are everywhere. See, these same people that are that are that are in the retirement homes and watching their their TV evangelists. Because many of them can't even go to church. And if they did, it wouldn't matter anyway, because they're going to get the same lukewarm junk there, most likely. So let it here be noted the infamous Rick Warren, who's one of the main apostate, lukewarm can't even imagine what his price is going to be in the lake of fire, because I don't believe there's any way in hell this man saved. He's taking millions of people to hell. His so-called purpose-driven ministry has become popular in North Korean communist government. We were just talking about North Korea. The multi-millionaire warren has recently been invited to North Korea. Now these are the ones we're getting ready to go to war with, almost. North Korea. They're the ones that just fired the rockets, and one of them was intended, he's saying, for Hawaii, but it supernaturally got, you know, whatever, destroyed. Multimillionaire Rick Warren has recently been invited to North Korea to speak to 15,000 people. Ingrid Schuster of the American Radio Network said it, was, said it very well regarding Rick Warren event with the following words. Quote, Warren won't call the communists faithful to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because he preaches a man-centered, counterfeit gospel. Not for a moment do these leaders worry that they will have a Christian revival on their hands by letting Mr. Warren speak. They know it's safe. It's safe. Let this devil come and present this false gospel. Rick Warren is loved and feared because his message is absent, the cross and the Christ's call to die to self. That is why he is popular and politically useful. In the United States, horrifying floods hit the eastern part of the country, paralyzing much of that region and even shutting down federal buildings in Washington, D.C. Praise God. In addition to the floods, America has been stricken with a severe heat wave, which has broken all records. A strain of utilities has shut down electricity in some areas as temperatures climbed above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Strangely enough, in the northern states, it was hotter than when you travel north. My parents were just up there. They were just to, took my little girl to... Uh, Niagara Falls. First thing my dad gets on the phone, he says, oh, is it hot up here? I'm thinking, you're coming from the subtropics. We live in the subtropics. We, Where we live in Florida, in the southwest Florida region, we're under what they call the Tropic of Cancer, which is basically, now we're into the subtropics, okay? And it's hotter in Niagara Falls, which is basically the Canadian-American border? That's kind of weird. Yes. So, we go a little bit further. Um, according to Associated Press, the first half of the year 2006 is the hottest on record. A parade magazine reported stated that every year since 1997 has been continually hotter. Now, this is just God's way of trying to wake people up, too, to a certain extent. Some of this is being manipulated through weather control, but God's letting it happen. Wildfires have also been ravaging many of the areas of the United States. In some areas, many rich homes have been burned to cinders. There is much weeping and howling, but little repentance. Scientists have also um, noted that numerous potential disasters are now imminent. The southern San Andreas Fault, which is in California, is under extreme pressure. And strain rates indicate that the massive earthquake could devastate Los Angeles at any time. Los Angeles is also called the pornography capital of the nation. Um, so, anyway, that's, um, uh, that's the last trumpet. What time is it, I wonder? Caleb, do you know what time it is? Quarter after one? Quarter. Quarter after one? You got you Quarter after oh. Okay. 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 Um, going a little bit further... the day and times we're living in oh here here is here let me just read this this is the, the Joel Olstein this is the this is the transcript of Larry King live um this happened on 62005 Joel Olstein smiling joe of Lakewood church he has his church in this big stadium this is Larry King he says because we've had ministers who, on who said your record doesn't don't count you either believe in Christ or you don't. If you believe in Christ, you are then going to heaven. And if you don't, no matter what you've done in your life, you ain't. You're a little more to it than that. Because like I said, many will say, Lord, Lord, haven't we? Austin, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He keeps saying, I don't know. This is Now, this is one of the, the main, main, top, top, top preachers in all of America. Has the biggest ministry, the biggest, uh, I think, church in America. Yeah, I don't know. That's what Alston says. There's probably a balance between a balance between not believing and believing Christ. I believe you have to know Christ, but I think that if you know Christ, if, you, if you're a believer in God, you're going to have some kind of good works. I think it's a cop-out to say, I'm a Christian, but I don't ever do anything. <sighs> okay. King, what if you're a Jew, Jew, a Muslim, and you don't accept Christ at all? King, King is at least bringing this out. Probably because it's all scripted. Olstein, Pastor Olstein, You know, I'm very careful about saying who and who wouldn't go to heaven. I don't know. <laughs> oh, if you be- and then King. If you believe you have to believe in Christ, they're wrong, aren't they? He's trying to pin the guy down. Olston, Smiling Joe. Well, I don't know. I believe they're wrong. If, if, no, I don't know if I believe they're wrong. I believe there's what the Bible teaches, and from the Christian faith, is this, this is what I believe. But I just think, no he doesn't. No he doesn't. He doesn't believe what the Bible says. He's a stinking liar. You know what I really pray? I really pray God start openly dealing with these people in a public manner that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of His doing because great fear would fall upon. Psalm 64. I I pray God shut His filthy mouth. I pray to God He'd be exposed. I really do. Well, that's not nice. The Bible says, bless them that curse you. Are we supposed to bless a wolf in sheep's clothing who's taking people to hell? Just, Just use some common sense. But I just think that only God can judge a person's heart. I spent a lot of time in India with my father. This is Smiley Joe. I don't know about their religion, but I know they love God. What God? Small g. They got millions. Millions. I'm not exaggerating. Millions of gods. They got a God for cereal. Got a God for, for Rice Krispies. You got a God for uh, Post Toasties. You got a god for feces? They got a god for feces. A god of dung. You know what? It's one of their, the most popular gods. And it's reflected in all facets of their society. I saw, I saw a documentary where they were showing all of the various and myriad of ways they use cow dung for everything. They were taking the cow dung. They were, they were, uh, their whole house was, was like a stone. They took the cow dung and they, and they, um, liquefied the cow dung. And they spread it over all their floors, and they would polish the, sho- the, the floors to a fine chamois, where the floors were like just real shiny with the cow dung. The whole house, they were walking on it. They would allow if the cow wanted to come in their house, they, they they had to because it was one of their ancestors. So they would let the cows go everywhere. They'd poop everywhere. They would cook all of their food in this particular village with cow dung. They would dry it, and they would they, they would th- they'd throw throwing the chips under the under the. Uh, the pot where they were cooking their food. It's beyond vile. Beyond vile. And they showed the God of the cow dung and all the stuff. And Anyway, so it says, I know they love God. What a lie from the pit of hell. Oh, man. And then he goes on to say, his famous statement, I, and I don't know. I've seen their sincerity, so I don't know. What a, pathetic, spineless. May God rain down his fury on his sick, lying mouth for presenting this false gospel. Then he says, I know for me and what the Bible teaches, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Then a caller comes in. Caller. Hello, Larry, you're the best. And I thank you, Joe, Joel, for your positive messages in your book. I'm wondering, though, why you sidestepped Larry's earlier question about how we get to heaven. How could he be praising this guy and asking him this question? The Bible clearly tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light, and the only only way to the Father is through him. That's not really a message of condemnation, but of truth. Olsteen, yes, I would agree with her. I believe that, then King interrupts, so then a Jew is not going to heaven. King keeps trying to point, pin him down, which actually is what he should be doing. Olsteen, no, no, here's my thing. Larry is I can't judge somebody's heart. You know, only God can look at somebody's heart. And so, you know, I don't know. You pathetic. Ah, man. And this is the reality of the New World Order Corporate Church of America. Corporate. They're under the government. And the government tells them what they can and can't preach. He could have never, ever, ever got to the level he's at unless his message was sanitized and government approved. Judges, um, Judges, seventeen. I'm just going to go through some verses here. Judges seventeen six says, "In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was according, which was right according to his own eyes." That's where we're living today. We got the Christians basically just doing what right, right because they got to water down version, they're not even reading the King James, they're, they're, they're getting, and what their what the preachers are telling them to do is more and more and more, well, you know, hey, if it feels good, do it. We're doing right. We're no different in the day and time we're living in. We weren't judges. Judges twenty one twenty five says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that was right, which is according to his own eyes. Proverbs twelve fifteen. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto, he unto counsel is wise. Proverbs twenty-one, two. Every man, uh, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. It also says in Proverbs sixteen, verse two, there, um, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. So see if we go around just judging ourselves without comparing ourselves to Scripture, we're going to think we're pretty good. We're going to think we're right on track. Proverbs 30, verse 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet are not washed from their filthiness. That's where we're at. We're pure in our own eyes. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It also says that in Proverbs 16, 25. Jeremiah eighteen twelve. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices. And we will everyone do the imagination of his evil heart? Well, we're going to walk after our own devices. Um, 1 Corinthians 8.2 And if any man think he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. Um, and then it goes on to say, Brethren, try to have less of your own thoughts and more of Jesus Christ's thoughts. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And that's why it says, put on the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Well, if we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, we are t- supposed to take on the form of a servant and serve others. And he was made in the likeness of men. What is heresy? An untenable or unsound opinion or doctrine which essentially contradicts the Bible. So in other words, one of our ideas that is not aligned with God's word, one, in other words, one of our ideas that is not aligned with God's word is, 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 would be considered heresy. Okay? Speaking less and learning more. James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my be- beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. James one twenty six. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Proverbs ten nineteen. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Proverbs thirteen three. He that keepeth keepeth his mouth, keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Proverbs seventeen twenty seven. He that understand he that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of, ex, of, of an excellent spirit. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. Even a fool, when he holdeth this peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips lips is esteemed a man of understanding. When I get around people that I don't know, like I was up at this tax seminar recently in Tampa, there were guys there knew way 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 more about me than than I just I was silent, man. Because I think about this verse. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. I, I just don't say a whole lot, unless the Lord. You know, that's all you hear me is talking here. But there's certain times I just shut my mouth. I don't. Okay, I'm out of my league here. But what can I glean? What can I learn? What can I glean from this situation that I'm in? Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. Ecclesiastes 5.1 Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Ecclesiastes 5.2 Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and now upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. Ecclesiastes 5.3, For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. So we've got to be careful. Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you're also called in one body. Be thankful. Um, So anyway, I'll go ahead and um, stop there. These are just some things to think about. Um, You guys just share one? Okay. Um, So anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and stop there. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we do come to you in prayer, Lord, and we thank you for this time that you've given us. Lord God, I do pray that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, or form, God, that you would wipe our slate clean, Lord God, that there would be nothing that would hinder this prayer, or our prayers in any way, shape, or form, God, and that you would cleanse us, us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, Lord God, that they would not have dominion over us, Lord God. And... Lord, I, I just pray that your name be glorified. We're so thankful, Lord God, for all that you've done for us, for the provision you've given us, God, for the knowledge you've let us see. Even, Lord God, I, I thank you for the time you've let us live in, God, because I believe this is the time that the angels have looked in for, into for, Lord God, I for, for many, many, many years, that they have inquired to in know of these things, God. And even the saints that have died and gone before us. Lord, I do pray to God you would use the body of Christ, the people in this room, in a mighty, mighty way, Lord God, for your glory. The people that are even be listening to this um, presentation online, I pray to God you touch them, Lord. I can't do it, God. I can't do it, but you can. I, and you said I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. I pray, Lord God, you would dispatch your angels toward this end in the name of Jesus Christ. And that, Lord God, your truth would go forth, that your name would be glorified, that many souls would be saved, that your fear would be upon this earth, upon those gathered here, upon the body of Christ, and, Lord God, that that fear would drive us in the, in the unsaved, in the body of Christ, to repentance, that you would clearly show us what you would have us do. For we can know nothing and do nothing apart from you, other than Fail. And I pray God, I'm, I'm, I pray God that we're not fail, failures for you, that we stand before you not ashamed that we do hear the words thou well done, thou good and faithful servant, that, you, that through us, Lord God, you obtain your victory, through us God that your name be glorified. Not that we would want your glory, because I know God you say in your word that I am God and I share not my glory with anyone. I don't want your glory, Lord. I pray to God we don't desire the glory, but we desire to see your name glorified. That, Lord God, you, that we would be humble before you. That you would hear us, hear our prayer. That you would show us how to pray, Lord God. That you would show us what you want us to do to prepare for the future, God. I pray to God that you would use the body of Christ and the people here, God, in a mighty way. For your glory. I pray, God, for your provision for us and for the body of Christ. Lord God, and and just help us, Lord. I, I just humble myself before you, Lord God. And I beg you that you would intervene in our respective situations. And Lord God, we pray all of this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.